Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen greeting you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust you and your family, your household, you're doing well. We are in the subject of uh, the call of God. And we were talking about how Jesus, um, you know, sent out his disciples to heal the sick. So, uh, but I'm going to repeat a little bit where I left off yesterday for us to be able to get the full context of what I'm going to teach today. And so in Luke chapter 8, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass afterwards that Jesus went through every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. So here we see that Jesus went through every single town and village of that region. He touched every place, every town, every village. And this is what he did. It said he preached and he demonstrated the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Preaching and showing means he preached with his mouth, but he, he showed. Showed means that he demonstrated with signs and wonders and miracles the good news, the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. So Jesus went to every town and village, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out devils. Uh, and I love the way it's put it, preaching and showing. That means preaching and demonstrating the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And he says, and the 12 were with him. That means his 12 apostles, his disciples, they were with him. Now let's flip over to the next chapter. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 2. Then it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So obviously the, the sheer magnitude of the needs, the needy people, the needy multitudes that the Lord Jesus encountered, it necessitated that, that he, uh, how do you say, multiply his ministry through his disciples because he knew that he as one person couldn't necessarily meet everybody's needs. So what he did, he called his 12 disciples and he gave them, he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Now this is interesting because it says that he gave his 12 disciples power and authority. And power and authority are two different things. The word power is the Greek word dynamis, which means, uh, 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 which means uh, miracle working power, the ability, the power of God. Or in today's language, it, would, it could be translated as brute force, the brute force of the Holy Ghost, that the power of the Holy Ghost that destroys the works of Satan, that heals the sick and destroys diseases. So he gave them the power of the Holy Ghost. He gave them power. And then authority. Authority is the Greek word exousia, which means the right to, uh, the, the, the certified right to act on behalf of a higher authority. Because you see, demons were subject to the name of Jesus, because it says that even the devils are subject to the name of Jesus. So he gave them that authority uh, to act on his behalf by using his name. So not only did he give them the power of the Holy Spirit, but he also gave them uh, the right, the certified right to act on his behalf by speaking his name. And so they spoke his name 
And so through his name, they had authority. Now, this is very, very interesting thought, uh, important for us to understand that, you see, when we stand in authority, that means that we stand and we have the right to act on behalf of Jesus Christ. We, because he's the higher authority and demons and devils are not subject to us as people as who we are like Christopher Alam in the flesh demons and devils are not subject to me but they are subject to Jesus Christ because he has defeated them and God has given to him the name that is above every name so when Jesus gives me exousia that means the right to act on his behalf I use his name and so that is why I say to demons I said demons in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I command you to come out that means that I am speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and he has given me the right to act on his behalf and so then he has to flee from me and it's pretty much you can say a rough example would be a police officer. When a police officer stands there in his uniform, wearing his badge and carrying his gun, he does not act on behalf of himself in his own strength, but he has he he has authority given to him. He he acts on behalf of the government because the government, the police department, the mayor, the city authorities are standing behind him. So he speaks on their behalf and he enforces the law. In the same way, uh, when we are given authority, we act on behalf of, the, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and demons and diseases have to obey us precisely in the same manner in which they obey Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, as if he himself was standing there and giving them the command to leave. So when I open my mouth and I do that in the name of Jesus, it carries the same, exactly the same, same measure of authority as if Jesus Christ himself was there. So this is a very powerful thought. It says he gave them power and he gave them authority it says over all devils, over all, every kind of devil, big or small, he gave them power over all devils and to cure diseases. He gave them power, authority to cure diseases, to heal diseases. So that is, that is the power and the authority that is, that is in the, the power of the Holy Ghost and the authority that is invested in the name of Jesus. It gives, it gave them the uh, authority over all devils to command devils and to heal all kinds of diseases. And then it says, verse two, then he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So that we must understand that, the, that uh, you know, this whole thing about being sent out to preach the gospel, it is not only preaching the gospel, but it is also to heal the sick because preaching the gospel is what you say. But healing the sick, casting out devils is how you show the kingdom of God because Jesus preached the kingdom of God and he showed the kingdom of God and preaching and demonstration always have to go hand in hand. And um, anyway, so, uh, so in Luke 8, Jesus went out uh, doing this himself, preaching and demonstrating in Luke 9. He sent out his 12 disciples 
to preach and to demonstrate. And in Luke chapter 10, it says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Now, this is uh, in Luke, you know, in Luke chapter 8, Jesus went out. In Luke chapter 9, uh, the harvest was so great, the multitudes, the needs were so great that he sent out his 12 disciples. But in Luke 10, he sees that even he and his 12 disciples ministering to the people, meeting the people's needs were not enough. So what he did, he had 70 other followers also. He had his other followers and he sent them out. That means, so you can, you can look at it this way, that Luke 8 was Jesus going out, preaching and demonstrating the kingdom of God. Luke 9 were his apostles going out. And in today's terms, that would be his, his ministers, you know, his anointed ministers, his preachers. And Luke 10, the other 70 were the other people who followed him. Those were the uh, ordinary people who were not apostles, but who just followed Jesus. And that would mean you who are listening to me, who you are not in the ministry, not in the full-time ministry, and you can be a housewife or you can be working in a bank or you can be driving a taxi or you could be an accountant or you could be a school teacher or a nurse or, or the doctor or whatever. You could be in some other walk of life, and, and but you follow Jesus. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. So uh, you are one of those 70 you are one of those people Jesus wants to send out. So this is amazing because it covers the whole spectrum. At one end, Jesus goes out and then he sends out his 12 uh, apostles uh, to meet the needs of the people. But then he realizes that it's not enough with himself and with the 12 disciples. So he sends out his other 70 people. And we read about them later on in the scriptures, you know, uh, um, they were the ordinary people. And one one of them was, uh, I, I remember she was like the wife of Herod Stewart, you know, and there were people like Joseph of Arimathea, who was a businessman, a wealthy man, and, and but he was not among the 12 apostles. So there were, there was a whole group of other people who who supported him, supported him, and many of them were women. And so, and they were ordinary people. They were not apostles, but Jesus, he sent them out. That means that you who are listening to me, you may not be in the full-time ministry, but Jesus sends you out and he wants to use you also. So now the mantle uh, is upon the 70. And it says, he appointed them and he sent them to and two, he sent them in twos and he sent them to every city and place where he himself would come. That means that everywhere Jesus wanted to go, he sent them. He, they, he sent them to represent him. So any place where Jesus wanted to go, wanted to go to, but he could not go, he sent them. Can you imagine if that God is sending you to places where he himself would visit, but he is sending you in his name to represent him, to preach the kingdom of God and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And this is what he said to them. He said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. 
Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. He said the same thing to them that he said to the 12 in, uh, in Matthew chapter 9. He says, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor script nor shoes and salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house you enter, first say, peace be upon this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall return to you again. And the same, and in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And into whatsoever city ye enter and they receive you, eat such things that are said before you. And heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. So Jesus, tell, he told them, he said now, and this is 70, okay, these are not the 12 apostles, but these are the 70 ordinary people who followed him, and he told them to go, and then he gave them these instructions, don't go from house to house, when you come to someone's house, speak peace into their house. You know, you, you as a believer have the right to speak peace into people's homes, into people's lives, in the name of Jesus, and when you do that, Peace will descend and come upon that house. And then he said, whatever they give you to eat, just eat it and don't go from house to house. And then into whatsoever city you enter, if they receive you, and then he says, heal the sick therein. So whatever house you enter, wherever you are, heal those sick. I, you know, I remember years ago, many, many years ago, you know, I used to, I was newly newly married and I was a janitor cleaning floors and toilets and I organized some of my friends to go to uh, a neighborhood. We went from apartment to apartment witnessing to people and I'll never forget this home and they had so many problems. I think the husband, uh, one of the spouses was an alcoholic and they had all kinds of problems and I knocked on their door and they opened the door and I asked them, may I come in? I told them who I was with my friend and so they let us in and I remember the first thing I did I said peace be upon this home in the name of Jesus and they were astounded that anyone would come to the house and wish them peace and I sat down and then I remember Jesus said heal the sick those who are here I said is any of you sick and both of them were sick I laid hands on them prayed for them and they were both healed then I led them to Jesus and I discipled them until I lost touch with them but but this is how you do it. You, you have to be bold and forthright and follow the biblical pattern because Jesus has given the power and the authority to speak peace and the power and the authority to heal the sick. So he had said, he said to them, to the 70, and these were the ordinary people because, you know, these were ordinary people. The, as I said, the bus drivers, the janitors, the nurses, the doctors, the salespeople, the regular people who were not apostles. And he, he said to them, he said, go and heal the sick. Those who, are, those who are there who are sick, heal them and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come near to you. That means you heal the sick and tell them God's kingdom is here. And now here's the thing. You see, uh, let's pause here. The lost multitudes that Jesus faced, 
necessitated that Jesus multiply his ministry first through the 12 and then through the 70. Here we see how God calls the 12 and then he calls the 70. God uses ordinary people because the 12 cannot go everywhere. Jesus could not go everywhere. The 12 could not go everywhere because you see, you, you know, I am, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a full-time minister. I'm anointed and called by, uh, by God to preach the gospel. I do the best I can, but you know what? I cannot go everywhere. There are people who live in your world. That's your sphere of influence who would never set foot in a church. If you invited them to church, they would never come. Many people, uh, you know, church is a total uh, strange experience for them. Everything is different. And it doesn't, you know, it's, it's totally outside their uh, cosmos, so as to say. But you are there as their friend, as their neighbor, as the person at work who works alongside them. You are there and God has put you there and you, they will listen to you. You have influence. They might not never, they, there are people who will never come to one of my crusades in Africa, but they will listen to you because you are a part of their world and they are a part of your world. So you are the one who Jesus has as his representative in his place. Even though you may not be an apostle or a prophet or a pastor or teacher or evangelist, but you are one of the 70 and you are the one God wants to use. Hallelujah. So uh, let's continue in Luke chapter 10, 17 to 24. So it says, so he sent out the 70 and the 70 went out. You remember he sent them to heal the sick and to cast out devils. And it says here, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. So 70 went out and 70 came back with joy. There was none of them who said, well, it worked for everybody else, this healing and deliverance business, but didn't work for us. Listen, if it works for one, it works for all. The name of Jesus the power and the Holy Ghost, the authority that Jesus has given us in his name, that works for all, just like it works for one. Nobody, nobody is left outside, uh, outside the blessing of God. So if God uses one, he uses all and he uses you. Never say God uses others, but he won't use me. That is the biggest lie of the devil. It says the 70 returned again with joy. So they went out and they all returned with joy. Why did they return with joy? Because it says, they said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. He says, Lord, uh, we spoke your name and the devils had to obey us. Demons had to obey us when we spoke your name. And this is what he said to them. He said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus said, when they said that the demons were subject to them, to them because they spoke the name of Jesus. Jesus said, he says, you know, I saw Satan fall from heaven like a bolt of lightning. He fell down. Then he says, behold, I give unto you power 
to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So Jesus said to these 70, he says, I give you power to tread, to step on serpents, snakes and scorpions on over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want you to ponder this scripture. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. He says, see, I have given you power to step, to tread upon serpents and scorpions. It's basically talking about demons and devils and over all the power of the enemy. So God has given you power, not over some of the power of the enemy, but over all the power of the enemy. And then he says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now I'm saying this because there are people who believe that once they begin to, uh, you know, embark upon um, Pentecostal type ministry, healing the sick, casting out devil, somehow the devil will turn around and harm them. Jesus said, nothing shall harm you. They cannot harm you because greater is he who lives in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives in you. Now, uh, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget this. I'm talking about like maybe, uh, I think 38 years ago, I was in Sweden and they were, we were, they were holding a conference and, and there were people from different denominations. There was Salvation Army, there were uh, Pentecostals, you know, all of us. And so uh, it was a, a, a ecumenical conference with many different churches. So, um, you know, there were different preachers. And then on the last night, we were going to pray for the sick. So you had the Salvation Army ladies here, the Pentecostals and, you know, all these different groups. There were like two ministers from each, uh, each uh, church. We were there and there were chairs. So the sick people were asked to come and they came one by one, sat on the chair and then we ministered to them. So I was, uh, you know, along with the brother I was with, we were praying for the sick and I looked out of the corner of my, the chair, the next chair, which was like about three, four yards away. There were two ladies from a certain denomination. So this person was uh, uh, asking for prayer, was seated, was seated. And it was actually the Salvation Army. So the person was seated and they put a thick Bible, like a family Bible, on that person's head and they laid their hands on the Bible. I thought, very comical, you know, they put a Bible, family Bible on the person's head and then they put their hands on the Bible and were praying for these people. So I thought it was very comical. Well, a few years later, uh, I spoke to a friend from the Salvation Army who was a pastor and I said... Um, I was at a conference and there were two ladies from the Salvation Army. This is what they were doing. They, uh, they put uh, this, uh, they put a Bible on the, on this man's head and then they put their hands on the Bible. I said, what was that? And he began to laugh. He said, oh, I tell you what it is. He said, some of these people, they actually believe that when they lay hands on a sick person, he says that demons and the diseases might jump out of that person and come into them. So they have the Bible as a kind of insulation because if they have the Bible up there, they think that the devil cannot pass through the Bible. The diseases cannot go through the Bible. And uh, so it is like an insulation. And I, 
And I got a huge laugh out of that one because, you know, these people are using the Bible as a physical barrier between demons and diseases. So we, we all laugh. But then again, I, then I thought of this scripture and Jesus said that nothing shall by any means harm you because you see, you don't have to put a Bible up there because Jesus has given us power and he has given us authority over all kinds of devils and diseases and over all of the power of the enemy and we shall tread them underfoot and nothing shall by any means hurt us. But this is verse 20 is good. He says, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. So, what Jesus said that it's great that the devils are subject to you and you have power of the devil. You shall tread on serpents and scorpions and have power over all the power of the enemy and they shall not be able to hurt you. But do not rejoice in the fact that the devils are under your feet, but rejoice in the fact that your names are written in heaven. So that is we always have to keep that in perspective. Remember that we, I mean, Healing the sick, yes. Casting out devils, yes. But we do not rejoice in the power and the authority that has been given to us through the name of Jesus. Those are tools of our trade. That is what God has given to us in order to minister to people, to set people free. But, but what we rejoice in, what our joy is based on, is the fact that our names are written in heaven and that one day when we leave this world, we are going to be in heaven where we shall be with Jesus forever. That is what we rejoice in. So we don't, re we don't rejoice in the power that we have over the devil. That's not what we rejoice in. That is something we live in, we practice, we exercise. But we rejoice in the fact that our names are written in heaven. And then in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. And he said, then he rejoiced and he began to thank God. He says, I thank thee, O Lord. I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes, even so, fathers, for so it seemed good in thy sight. He says, God, I praise, praise you that you have hidden these people from those who are intellectual, uh, you know, and, and, are, and are wise and are prudent, but you have revealed them to little children. And you know, here's, here's the thing. There are certain things of God that you can only take hold of if you have a childlike faith childlike character. Uh, studying theology is a good thing to have the knowledge of God. But once these theologians get into your head, they can take away your zeal. A lot of people used to say, um, you know, when I was in young in the ministry, healing the sick, casting out devils, they used to say to me, oh, brother, you know, too much of zeal, you know, it's not a good thing. Uh, and, uh, and because you need to have wisdom also. What happened to wisdom? And I used to think of this and then God showed me that wisdom, so-called wisdom, I say so-called wisdom that takes away your zeal and your fire is not wisdom at all. The wisdom that is of God never takes away your zeal and your fire. Uh, it actually, wisdom tells you how to direct that zeal, how to direct that fire so you can be more effective with the power and the anointing of God. But if wisdom takes away your boldness, 
that is not wisdom so a lot of a lot of these so-called even pentecostal theologians who say oh well we know the healing in the atonement we it's not really what it means because people don't get healed uh, what about them sometimes god doesn't want to heal people you know that that kind of talk listen that kind of talk disguises wisdom it's not wisdom at all anything that takes away from your faith from your zeal from your expectation from god is not wisdom it is a well it is wisdom but it comes from below it doesn't come from above so i want you to understand that that god has hidden these things from the wise and the prudent that means those who think on the basis of their intellect rather than from the spirit he says god has hidden these truths they cannot even see it because they think that what they see constitutes truth so but the fact is that what they don't realize there's some things that they just don't see it because they reason through their brains rather than through the spirit and god has hidden these things from them but has revealed them unto babes that means unto those who have childlike faith who come to them and uh, who come to god as children they are the ones who have this revelation and in verse 20 verse 22 it says all things are delivered to me of my father and no man knoweth who the son is but the father and who the father is but the son and to whom the son will reveal him and then he turned him to unto his disciples and said privately blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see for i tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see the things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them i remember when i was new in the ministry to begin to see wonderful miracles i saw god do amazing miracles and i was thinking lord i'm just a young guy and here i am i'm seeing all these miracles and the lord says that you are blessed because the generations before you the holy prophets and kings and great men of god have desired to they desired they long to see these things all the heroes of faith in the old testament they desired to see these things and you didn't see them but you and your generation are going to see them you are going to hear them and you're going to see them and so you are blessed so beloved listen you and i are a blessed people that we get to see the power of god that we have a revelation of who jesus is crucified risen from the dead at the right hand of the father high and lifted up and his name is above every name and his name has power over sickness and diseases and authority and that power has been invested to us but the greatest thing of all is that our names are written in heaven and we are going to go there and be with jesus forever anyway so we will continue uh uh we you know we're talking about how jesus sent out the 12 the 12 the 12 and he sent out the 70 and tomorrow we are going to uh, study more in this subject we're going to go deeper into this but let's pray father in the name of jesus i pray for my brothers and sisters thank you for your hand upon their lives i ask you to bless them i ask you to speak to them cause them to wax strong in their faith use them for your glory in jesus name Amen. Well, God bless you and I'll see you again tomorrow.